0: bold and raw perspectives of local politics important information which impacts our community nation and world exposing truth transparency and getting to the heart of relevant issues that you just won't see in the clickbait media and always keeping it real it's the michelle tanner podcast but i won't back down
1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Michelle Tanner Podcast. And if you've been listening live, two episodes in one day on this Valentine's Day. So I'm glad to have here with me again, I think this is our third podcast together with Terry Hutchinson. So... Terry always has a lot to offer, a lot to say. He's on our Washington County School Board. He's an attorney. He's an author. He's a radio talk show host, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So thanks, Terry, for coming in again. Happy to
0: be here, Michelle. I'm glad we could finally do this. I, I You know, I've had to reschedule a couple of times, and I really apologize to you and anybody who thought, hey, we're going to get Terry today and didn't.
1: Yeah, wah wah! We're glad yeah, you right. finally made it that's on. Right. For we sure, finally got on. I think originally when you were going to come on was right after the elections we had yes. in November, and we were going to talk. about we can still talk about some today. Yeah. Just elections, and we've got a lot of big elections going on for twenty twenty four, and. Do. You are not running I'm not again, running That's one of the things really that changed sad. yeah.. So tell us about that decision. Well, you know
0: that w- that was a tough one, Michelle, because I've been on the board for eight years. this was this is my eighth year. And uh,
1: which thank you, by the way, mm-hmm. for your service and that, because oh. I know that can be a very thankless job. It's very taxing. We were talking before we came on live just about the effects on family and all the time constraints. <laughs> so thank you for the eight years you put in there. Well,
0: you know, last night we had to vote on closing a school I and changing the boundaries. And that was a tough one. But, you know, as I said to the audience last night, the people that were there, it was it was the most painful decision we've made on the school board because the kids love their school. They've been doing very well. The school's been happening there. But ever since I got on the board and before, the enrollment on the West side has just shrunk around all the surrounding schools and continued to shrink. Mm -hmm. So when we, we looked at closing this school six years ago, Wow. And rather than completely do that, we set up this hybrid model. We called it a professional development school. And we had student teachers over there who could who could help with the students. And that was a much smaller classroom and, and different things. And it just changed over time into something that we as a school board didn't really expect. But also the enrollment for the students that lived there dropped more than 50%. Wow. And even with people coming to the school from outside... It just wasn't feasible to be able to keep using that as a school anymore, considering all of the other needs that we have as a district. So it it was it was a tough one. And, uh, you know, people accused us of, you know, various things. Oh, uh, for example, somebody said that uh, a board member had told them, well, you're not in my district, so I'm not going to worry about it. Well, that's nothing I ever would have said, but none of those people are in my district. So and I'm not even running again. So I could vote. Whatever, but I would have voted the same way either way. And I have always Coral tried to be consistent. Canyon it's Coral, Elementary, Coral Cliffs,
1: Coral Cliffs. Yes, Elementary School.
0: it's not Coral Canyon. Oh, okay. And the building is still going to be there, and we're going to be we're going to be continuing to use it for professional development, but we're going to do something else different with it, and that hasn't been fully determined yet. But we we took three or four months. I mean, I went to all their meetings. The first one I remember was about four hours, where hundreds of people and a lot of children spoke about. Keeping their school open, uh, there's been a lot of public comment, and we revisited option after option after option. And, and I'm not here to try and defend the decision. But was it's it just,
1: a unanimous vote to close yes, the school? Yes, it was.
0: It was, and it was pretty emotional for some of the board members. I'm not as tender-hearted as some, but it was a very, it, it, you know. But as I said, it was a painful decision, but it wasn't a hard decision. Right. Okay. It was kind of like the thing in COVID, keeping the masks on the students. My option is to, to not mask the students, but the governor will shut the schools down and the kids won't be able to be in-person learning or to put up with the mask nonsense, which I never believed Do you think he really would have
1: shut down the schools? That's kind of what I wonder in hindsight, because obviously I was very actively against the mandates on masking You know, kids. I, I wonder I, if you would have followed my through. My
0: understanding is he would have, and- Frankly, if it had been up to me, but I didn't have the votes, uh, I would have sued him. In fact, the minute he closed the schools the first time, I would have sued him. Thank you. But um, as a board, you have to have the votes to do that, or you don't really have the standing. And as I as I indicated, I think one of the last times I was here, when we were getting public health briefings, I asked them what the studies were about the harm of masking students versus just letting them go Mm -hmm. unmasked, and of. Of course, no one has ever done that kind of study because it's insane, all right? <laughs> well, but the but other at thing, that
1: point, we actually did have studies of three million children in Sweden who had been attending school for months without well, masks. It, well,
0: that was the other thing. They were not allowed, our public, local public health officials were not allowed by their superiors to consider that in terms of whether we Outrageous. should. That week alone, before they closed the schools... We were told by our local health officials that we would not likely have to close. And then the governor just came on and superseded it because he was listening to his people. And frankly, I blame Donald Trump. I blame Governor Herbert and then Governor Cox. And any elected official who listens to their quote unquote experts Mm -hmm. without taking everything into account and acting independently, I, I blame them. And I'm kind of one of those, I guess, because it happened on my watch. But had I been the sole decision maker, I know that I would have made different decisions.
1: Yeah. Let's not forget that. By the way, in this election season, I've seen a lot of elected officials who were in office during that time, who made very poor decisions during that time, who are now trying to sweep it under the rug, pretend like that never happened. (laughs)
0: Look at Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. She had really overly strict rules for everybody in the state, and she and her husband flaunted them, and she won re- re-election by a pretty handy margin, which is just insane. It but,
1: shows you how apathetic voters are and well, how much they don't it shows pay you, attention. Yes, but,
0: but, but see, here's the thing. The voting base has changed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really dislike voting by mail. Always have. Terrible. Always have. Terrible. I believe that election security is very important. Yes. I don't really care much about the hand counts versus the machine counts. I'm fairly comfortable with most of that. I think the in-person security is more important. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, it changes the electorate. By far. Oh, yeah. And so we experienced that. So I was elected in person in 2016, and I was reelected in 2020. And the electorate electorate changed substantially. Mm -hmm. And it changed in 2018, which is when we started the vote by mail. Right. Um, Now, I'm not one to say, listen, I, I would love for the legislature to go back to it. But it's like anything else. Sometimes in a public official, if you're saving so much money, because the vote by mail is considerably cheaper, you um, obviously it's a matter of money. And but but because of that, you have an electorate that's just very different.
1: Absolutely.
0: Maybe you could say apathetic. Maybe you could say ignorant. Maybe you could say a lot of different things. My feeling is, look, if somebody is not going to be willing to get up off the couch and go vote, Uh, they can just put a stamp on something and put it in, you're going to get a different voter that you have to reach out to as a a person running for office and figure out how to connect with that voter. Right. A lot of that is, of course, name recognition, Mm -hmm. incumbents, of course, have a huge advantage Not really because, I mean, in in Congress, of course, they send out free mailing. They get all kinds of benefits. Right. But, um, you know, for us little guys, we have to pay for all that, as you know. Right. But you've still got to somehow educate the electorate so that you can kind of figure things out. And that's why we treated our recent Truth in Taxation that we did, where we did away with – where we're we're doing away with the need to do construction bonds and to educate the voters for months in advance, Uh, not to inoculate them, but just simply to make sure that they knew what we were trying to do and and so forth. And then, of course, opponents could, they, they had their opportunity to try and educate the voters in their way. Um, And it was a lot different because in 2018, we passed a bond. It barely passed. Mm. There's no reason it should have been close. Yeah, But see, I got elected in 2016 and I said to the board, we need to treat these differently. Oh, we've had bonds all the time. We've never lost one. If you announce it too early, you just give people the chance to attack what you're trying to do. Well, guess what? that didn't happen and it should have happened because Mm -hmm. the key is educating the voters about who you are and so forth. So, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you is the nature of candidates. Yes. Okay. And unfortunately, we're here after the signing, Mm -hmm. after the the deadline. Yes. And even I had kind of thought, oh, I got till March to decide. And then all of a sudden it pops up right after Christmas. Oh, you got to decide next week. And it's like, Oh, okay. And if I don't run, what do I do? Well, I found a friend of mine to run, you know, for my seat. And
1: what's his name?
0: His name is Ron Wade.
1: Ron Wade. Ron
0: Wade. He is the son of Alton and Diana Wade. Now, Alton was a president of Dixie College, president of BYU Hawaii, Mm -hmm. president of Church College of New Zealand. So he has a very deep educational background. Ron's a private businessman, does a lot of stuff internationally. Um, I was hoping to introduce him around at the caucuses meetings, uh, which are next month. He's going to be overseas Mm. because of business. So um, Ron is a conservative. He's a family man. He has a good education. And the key is he's got something that I think is important for us, and that's the status of outside experience. He's running against a teacher who's retiring. So a sitting teacher cannot be on the school board mm, because gotcha. you can't be an employee and sit on the school board at the same time.
1: Right. Which makes sense.
0: Um, so it's like she's retiring and she's got this career. Well, that's the type of person I defeated who was an incumbent back in 2016. Yeah. Frankly, we don't need to go back to that. Yeah. Um
1: Anti-establishment. I, that's that's well, what I am. I usually go for whatever candidate is furthest away from the establishment.
0: Well, you know, uh, you, you have to balance that <laughs> with know. who can win. Yes. Okay. But but one of the things about Ron, he believes less government is better, and, and that's all well and good. But, you know, to be in public education, to be on the school board, you have to accept certain realities. Mm-hmm. And one of those realities is that public education has long been Uh, A tenant, if you will, of American society clear back in the days when people were just hiring teachers as a community or a neighborhood. That's where local school boards still come into play. Mm -hmm. The more local control you have of your school board, the better. You have to figure out the right balance of scale. okay? because you can get something like Alpine School District, which if they split, they will still be the two largest school districts in the state. Wow. Okay, and there's a huge amount of administrative cost that goes over that. But on the other hand, you can get small districts, and it's too small. Mm-hmm. You can have a district over one school or one high school, and while that provides a good amount of parental control, you lose something in terms of your ability to manage a budget, in terms of your ability to provide all the th- all the things that would be good for students to have to help them become productive citizens. And so it's one of those rare instances where conservatives have led it, well, not one of the rare ones, but it was conservatives really let it, public education get away from them Mm -hmm. because they've been out making money. They've been out saying, oh, I've raised my kids a certain way. If they get something that happens in the schools, I'll take care of it because I'm in the home. And yet what they don't realize is that in the overall aspect, the macro decisions that people have, uh, it's gotten out of control because of the way universities have got, they, they've over generations, they have just gotten progressively worse in terms of basic values, in terms of basic education, in terms of standards, in terms of all kinds of things. And it has gotten to the point where it is now affecting our youngest kids.
1: Absolutely. And I see that as one of the biggest threats in America. If there's anything we should be actively engaged in, it's what's going on in it's our what's schools. what's going on
0: in our schools, exactly. And so some legislatures, thankfully, are trying to take steps to correct that. So, you know, and and we have a situation right now where the, our legislature is stepping in to change what they perceive as being some of that behavior in some of our school districts. And it affects lots of school districts, including ours. Now, I've had for eight years people ask me about various problems or various things, not just specifics, but overall general, that what's going on in our schools. And I'll go back and I'll look at it and I'll report back to them and I'll say, it's not there. Now, it may be there in the occasional thing that happens. And if so, and I hear about it, we we address it. Mm -hmm. But overall, we are actively trying to get back to the basics and the fundamentals that everybody really needs and wants from their schools. And we can always do better, but I I think Washington County in particular has done very well. But when you're thinking about running for public office, Michelle, and you kind of went through this decision yourself, you have to try and decide what kind of a candidate am I going to be once I get there Okay. There's there's two steps. First of all, you have to win. Right. And then once you win, what are you what are you going to do? Right. Because for me, I could just be virtue signaling all the time. Mm-hmm. First of all, I think privately, the I would say all of my school board members agree with me on things almost all the time. Yeah. But how we get there is a difference. Right. And. You have to be able to work with this body. For example, you on city council, you can't do anything on your own as Michelle Tanner. You have to have other people to go along with you. And if you are too aggressive against them personally or offensive to them personally, you're not going to be effective. You
1: can't get anything done. And that's actually I was having this conversation with a newly elected city council member in another city. And they Mm -hmm. said... I'm already feeling really alienated on my council. We're having a lot of four to one votes. How have you dealt with that? And I told this person, I said, I have had to learn and grow up a lot over these last two years because (laughs) I've realized I can't do any, I can, you know, shout from the rooftops all day long. This is the right thing to do. This is what we should be doing. But at the end of the day, if I can't also balance that with working effectively with other people and not offending them, I can't get anything done. And so that's, that's a big thing that I've had to learn in some ways, the hard way of, Having to, you know, make sure that I'm having those more effective relationships with other people and, you know, not just there's a sometimes a certain way to say things. And then there's a better way to say things that can actually bring people along with you. And I've not yeah, always yeah. been the best with that.
0: Well, it, you know, in, in, in my case, when I was elected, I was clearly the outsider. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm still uh, if you if you put it on a scale and, and I've always liked to view it as a scale where you have, and our board has seven members, yours has five. Right. So you put it on a scale of one to five. You're a five. Mm -hmm. And somebody who just says, whatever the city manager suggests, I'm going to go along with, we hired him to do the job, and I'm going to just worry about this little thing over here, this policy or whatever. That's a one. Mm -hmm. Okay? So clearly, I'm at a seven, and somebody else is a one. Right. So I have to figure out how to get six, five, and four to vote with me or I don't get anything done. Right. And so, you know, that's where you have to drag them. I think just the weight of my efforts and my constant pressure on certain things that I want done has been helpful. Right. And that's the way you have to do it. But you have to figure out how to do it without stepping on toes to the point where it really becomes offensive to them. Right. And it's really hard. I'm going to claim i am not been perfect at that either. Yeah. So uh, you can, but but you can just flame out spectacularly. And, and let's take Natalie Klein as an example. Uh, Natalie is somebody who I think views with me ideologically in the high 90s at least. Yeah, same. Okay. But- if you look at her service on the state school board from my perspective and then talking to other state school board members, she's worthless. Absolutely so worthless.
1: Are you saying that because you feel like she's alienated herself oh, and not yes. bringing others yes. along with I, I, her? I mean,
0: look at it. Look ideology. at it now. She's this last thing, um, we didn't discuss it as our school board, but we did get a request last week from school boards all over the state that they want local school boards to you know, sanction her for what she did. Um, Please
1: tell me you didn't. <laughs>
0: well, we didn't. I wouldn't, frankly. Yeah. I don't know that our board would. We just ran out of time yesterday to discuss it. Yeah. So we're not going to do anything as a board about it. But I can tell you right now, I think she's toast politically. I don't think they'll impeach her. But what she did was just foolish.
1: Well, and let me just recap. I think a lot of people know what happened. But to recap, there was a social media post made by Natalie Klein. And to be clear, I really love Natalie Klein. Um, just like Terry mentioned, I agree with, uh, Natalie I agree with her all the time. And, and
0: and I don't mind talking to her occasionally right. either. Yeah. But on the other hand, go ahead, go ahead.
1: So there was a social media post made by her that was a it was a public flyer of a girls basketball team. And it had two biological females on there. The one biological female did have more masculine features as far as was very muscular, had very short hair. um, And she posted that with a caption that said, girls, basketball. Question mark. Well, no, there was no question mark. Really? No question mark. It literally just said girls,
0: basketball.
1: And... As you can imagine, in today's climate, the comments on that post went crazy. I actually didn't personally see the comments, but I heard that they got pretty out of hand. And so when she noticed that the following day, she She immediately pulled it down. She
0: apologized. She put out an apology. Mm -hmm.
1: None of us are perfect. So, you know, I think that needs to be clear. She recognized she made a mistake that I think people on all sides agree with. It was a mistake to post that. So the interesting thing about that, though, is how that's been so weaponized by the media well, for exactly. political purposes. But, but I'm
0: sorry. That is Natalie's fault. Well, that's uh, Natalie's fault. Look, she she did something that, frankly, was stupid. Right. Okay? Now, we all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. And she's apologized and so forth. But when you are in the public eye like that, you have to be careful. You have to be smarter. You cannot give them the opportunity to falsely weaponize something.
1: Well, and that's what they've done. They've found a, you know, because she has made a lot of waves well, and she's made well, some people mad see, in the but, past. But, and so but, they but found once a, again, a mistake.
0: Once again, that's exactly my point. Right. Is that Natalie has been so busy in her position taking stances on things that are more national in nature, more uh, ideological, as I would say, kind of. Some people would say a, a, a virtue signaling from the right, as opposed to all the virtue signaling we get from the left all the time. Oh, I'm going to fly around in my private jet to these conferences about climate, you know, that right. kind of thing.
1: But has she said anything that's not also going on well, in Utah? Because I've never I'm, witnessed anything that's well, not going on in Utah. Well, she,
0: she occasionally will say, this is going on here, or this is going on there. And, and sometimes, as you and I talked when we, I was here last time, people have made comments to you, oh, this is going on in Washington County. We investigate and we find it's not true. And, oh, this is a story. Somebody heard a rumor that was going on in Davis School District or Granite School District or Jordan or one of the ones where you might expect that to happen. But it's just, once again, for me, Natalie's job as a state school board member is to work with state school board members and try and get them to go along with her ideologically. It's not to make all these public statements. She's been elected. She doesn't need to call attention to herself in that way. So for me... It's a it's a, a partial criticism about how she's going about doing her job.
1: And I think the flip side of that, though, is there's a lot of parents out there that have no idea, which, you know, that's their fault, too. Yes. But I think she has done a good job in bringing awareness to some of the things. Now, you know, I could be accused of some of the similar things, you know, as, as Natalie, because people will say to me, oh, you've been focusing on national issues. And I'm like, actually, every issue that I've brought out publicly for the most part has been something that an actual city. constituent has yes. brought to me or an actual event that happened in St. George City. But yet I'll get accused of, oh, that's just a national issue. That's never going to happen here. I'm like, actually, it did happen here. It did here. happen here. It, it exactly. is happening yes. here, right? Yes. And so, I guess I can still appreciate. While I understand what you're saying, it's important that we are pulling the rest of the body along um, and working with them in a manner that can move along uh, the needle in the right direction. But see,
0: once you're in the official position, Michelle, Mm -hmm. if I can, if I could just interrupt here, once you're in the official position, you're an officer of the city. I'm an officer of the school board. So I have to subsume some of my personal desires to publicize certain things for what's in the best interest of the people I am elected to oversee or supervise or whatever. For example, changing the name of Dixie College, Dixie State University, whatever the heck they name that thing now. (laughs) I mean, look, none of us on our school board supported the name change. Yeah, But hardly any of us said anything about it publicly. Why? It's because it has nothing to do with, with our students. It has nothing to do with the parents. It has nothing to do with the people that we oversee who are employees. And it certainly has nothing to do with the taxpayers that we represent as far as public education goes. I have a limited amount of political capital, whatever that nebulous term is. I have to use that for my office primarily. And that's where I think... Natalie has, has kind of missed that opportunity. And so it's great to let parents know something's going on. It's great to, to do this. It's great to, to maybe take a minority position in the board, but let's say the board votes against her every time nine to eight. I mean, that's a nightmare of a board because they're, you know, so is she going to be, do these public dissents from all the actions and just irritate everybody so nobody nobody wants to nobody wants to go to lunch with her on their board nobody anything and I'm not suggesting that you overly be overly friendly but you have to have and and you've learned this you have to have a personal relationship with the people you're serving with who also have votes. Because now that you are elected, you're not trying to win your voters. You're trying to win those two or three votes you need in order to promote your policies.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think there is a nuance to it as well. Because as an elected representative, I do think while... Part of the job is exactly what you described, which I totally agree with. I do think there is an aspect to it as well as being a representative for the people who elected you and, you know, not violating the Constitution, obviously, to do that, but being a voice. And so even things like resolutions as a city, right, Mm -hmm. we had no no stake as far as with the name change. So speaking of the Dixie State University name change. I do think we could have had sway however if we came out with you know a strong resolution of we support utah's dixie this is the reason why we yeah. support dixie yeah. state mm-hmm. university i think there could have been room for some voice there because that is the majority well, of that, that's of the, the majority of the here. community
0: that, that's right. a different thing but that's part of your political job Right. That, so whatever's going on over there exactly. is part of yours we had a meeting with hildale yesterday and there's a piece of legislation right now about funding for rural schools it's called nest funding for small schools well, we have two small schools that qualify for that in our district. We have Hildale and we have Enterprise High Schools. And they get a certain amount because so they can offer more programs, do more things for the students. And so the state subsidizes that to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Well, they're in the process of trying to change that legislation to make it countywide instead of just for the individual schools. So then we, as Washington County, are going to have to pick up the bill for that if we want those students to continue to have those same opportunities. It's about 2 or $3 million a year. Um, we have a big budget. We w- would absorb it. We would manage better and everything else. But on the other hand, that's not really fair for our small schools just right. because we are a big district with you know some wealthier areas. To, to subsidize that at the yeah. expense of the of smaller schools. Yeah. So we're talking to Hilldale. Hilldale City is going to get involved in that. I mean, the governor went down there for a photo op and does all this fun stuff. And then like two months later, the governor's supporting a program that's going to cut their funding by $3 million. How's that going to look politically? Interesting. So that is that is a city's function. It is not our function as a school district, okay? So it, it really depends on kind of how you feel and, and what it is. But getting back to the Natalie Klein situation, I just think that um, she has been so vocal for so long that, you know, she's, defend, she's had to defend herself many times, and I would say that most of those attacks have been improper because, you know, but you know when you're poking the bear that is the left and the media, you are going to get- Oh, you're a huge you're target. Get, That's why they've run with this mistake. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, if you, if you are against the establishment in any way, whether it's right or left or Republican or Democrat or anything, you are occasionally going to get attacked. Right. That comes with the territory. As far as candidates go, I, 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 I see that. But, you know, a lot of our candidates who believe like we do ideologically or who would make we believe would make good leaders, they got no prayer. Yeah. And part of that is because of the name recognition. So at some point, you know, you have to figure out how how can I support somebody and drag them in my direction? But that's always been the dynamic of elections. And that's why the larger the office that you're running for, whether it's statewide, countywide, citywide, um, Every single thing it it you 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 have to figure out how to make your voice heard, yeah. okay? And then you have to select a candidate who's going to listen to you, but you also should have, find a candidate who has a chance to win
1: well, exactly. that's huge. And I do have to just point out one thing before we totally move on from the Natalie Klein scenario sure, sure. is the hypocrisy going on right now oh, with that, you well, know, so the media is claiming to actually care about this poor girl who was, you know, targeted, yet they're the ones who are blowing this up nationwide. I mean, can you imagine what that's doing to the girl and the well, family? Well, yeah,
0: because, because they, don't they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care at all. They don't care about the it, student, it, exactly. really. What they want is, it's like, but, but you know, once again, you have this parent group. Um, I can't remember what the national parent group is, mm-hmm. but these two people who founded it are found to be in some kind of a threesome relationship. Okay. <laughs> of now they, they espouse conservative values and everything and what they do in their private life is fine. But on the other hand, when you're making yourself a target, right. do, do you, you're probably too young to remember Gary Hart in the 1984, 88 election. Yeah, he, I don't... he was accused of having an affair. Okay. Okay. He then invited the media to follow him around <laughs> and guess what they did? And you know what they found? What? They found a picture of this really attractive woman who wasn't his wife sitting on his lap on a on a, on a yacht somewhere.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: After he made that invitation. Right. Well, naturally, the guy, he was very charismatic. People talked about him being the new JFK. And, of course, he was liberal. But they didn't sweep it under the rug back in those days. They just kind of put it out there. and. And, and that's the kind of thing. Once you'd make a decision that you want to make a more of a contribution that way, you've got to carry yourself a little bit differently. Right. And, and that's the thing. I, I see people, I follow people on social media who agree with me ideologically, and they say, well, we want to do this, we want to do that. And then they do things on social media or they come to the meetings to call attention to themselves in a way that is harmful to the cause.
1: But why is it that Natalie Klein is being raked through the coals for the mistake that she made? But take an acting Utah state senator right now who comments on a 13 year old boy dressed as a girl, very provocatively Mm -hmm. dancing like a stripper, an exotic dancer and commenting, this kid's got moves. That is disgusting. Once again.
0: Once again Nobody raked this you, senator it, through it, the it's polls. It's the rules that we live by. Right. Okay? And same thing with it's Governor like,
1: Cox. He does the same yeah. thing. He calls out a BYU student, calls him a racist asshole, and later finds out the student didn't even utter a racial slur, so then yeah, the governor yeah. removes it. I never heard once, any calls again, for impeachment. Well,
0: once again, it's a little bit of a different thing, and you're dealing with adults, but with, with Natalie... I mean, do I think she should be impeached over that? No. Do I think she's going to pay a political price for it? Absolutely. Do I frankly think that because of this? But but see, part of my deal with Natalie is she has been so vocal and she's, she's kind of forgotten her responsibility to govern, if you will. Now, maybe it would be 17 to 1 no matter what, and, and there's something to be said for that. But I'm just saying... My big—that's my biggest criticism—is that by focusing more on her social media posts, she's and and the provocative nature of what she does, she hasn't been able to be an effective representative for the people that elected her. And and she, perhaps maybe she feels differently. I don't know. And it's and by hard the way, for me to judge. Um,
1: Natalie's been invited on, but obviously with everything she's going through right now, with um, you know facing. Probably different uh, concerns of impeachment. With I, I'm hoping, obviously, that doesn't happen. I think she's you know uh, I kind of not, I'm be not surprised going any podcast right now. I, I
0: think it will die, but yeah, but I do think because she is up for election, I think in November she she'll be out. Frankly, well, I, I'm going to be surprised. The
1: voters decide. But That's once again, the thing. The
0: voters are going to decide. Do I think she should resign? No, but do I think that? Am I critical of her? Absolutely. Am I critical of what she did? Everybody makes mistakes, but yeah, that was a line too far. But once again, because of the previous attacks, my biggest criticism is she should have been aware. She should be more careful about what she does. All of us have to do that, you know? And and so it's just like you said. You have been learning how to do certain things, and I have to learn how to do those things. And if you want to run look, I encourage people to run. I want people to run. And I want people to run because that's how we get things done. But when you're doing that plan, don't just say, okay, I'm going to go to these public meetings to pull an example from somebody that we both know, and I'm going to wear tinfoil on my head. (laughs) Okay. Now, all of a sudden I want to run for office. I'm going to take the tinfoil off and I'm going to start being more presentable or something so so that I hope I can get that for the voters. Well, great. But, why? I mean, at some point you have to decide how do you want to exercise your free speech? How do you want to make a contribution? And if I do and if I am, who's going to listen to me and how influential am I going to be? And so for me, even that, well, it's funny and I – laugh at it and appreciate it, I'm saying, realistically, as an elected official, I'm not really going to pay attention to that guy right? as much.
1: Yeah. Well, it is. We have to be more strategic. We have to be smarter about the way That's we are going- the key about elections and you know yeah I learned a lot with this last St. George City Council race now we are all you know we move forward with Mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. gets elected and I have no problem working with anyone by the way on any side of the spectrum I will happily work with anyone but what I did learn a lot this last election is you mentioned a couple of them the power of name recognition that is a huge part of it and the power of money Yeah, candidates who won were very heavily funded and, and
0: in, our, in our larger elections, whether it's Senate, House, whatever, uh, I don't like the fact that they took it away from the caucus system and the, and the convention. Right. I call that the Bob Bennett Memorial mm-hmm. because of what happened in 2010. I was present at the Republican convention then for the, the Utah one. I saw what happened to Bob Bennett, a sitting senator with millions of dollars, yeah. and the system was able to be— worked by Mike Lee and I think it was Bridgewater, whichever one of those guys wasn't going to get there, if they thought that that Bennett was going to get in, they were going to flip all their supporters to him so that he didn't get the 60% or whatever he had to get. And that's exactly what happened to him. And so he had millions of dollars. He easily would have won a primary. He easily would have won re-election. But they kept him out. So they changed the law. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, great. I don't support the change of law. I've hated it ever since. I think it gives way too much uh, power to people with money and name recognition. But on the other hand, those are the rules we got to run by. I hate vote by mail. Those are the rules I got to run by. And I may run it for another election. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Give me a year or two to think about it. But if I do... I'm going to look at the rules, and I'm going to play by the rules, right. and I'm going to take advantage of every single one of them because it's all about winning. If you want to have a voice, if you want to contribute, figure it out and start now because the longer you are getting your name recognized, the more name recognition you have, whatever office you want to run for – Right. Make sure that you are preparing yourself now. It's not just something that you wake up one day and say, oh, gosh, I'm going to run for state school board. I'm going to run for local school board. I'm going to run for city council. Right. You, you. Because it's all about name recognition. You've got
1: to be building those relationships as well. That's another thing. I feel like I'm a little bit of an anomaly in the way that I got elected. Uh, You know, I had no name recognition at all. I I did have some skill sets, I guess, in social media marketing, which I think Mm -hmm. was very helpful in pushing my name out there to more people than I would have been able to reach otherwise. And I got in with very little money also, which is also pretty much unheard of but I'm telling you those relationships are so key start meeting with people having lunch with key people um, you know you don't have to agree with people on everything either that's when right. you sit down like that's okay in fact we're actually totally worthless if we hundred percent agree on everything with everyone and yeah make sure you are starting to fund sooner than later because i think people do think that they can get by the higher the
0: level the more funding you need i mean people say well why don't you run for senate well that'd be a fun media campaign i'll tell you what especially (laughs) if mitt romney was running and i did but my kids wouldn't my family would disown me but you've got to have lots of money for a school board race uh now in the political climate you're probably talking three to six thousand dollars maybe and a lot more for uh, city Council
1: yeah,
0: uh, and other things and and money is important because it enables you to get your name recognition and that's what you have to have to connect the voters. So yeah. it's, uh, it, you know, it, it's a real interesting dilemma that we have. But once again, I found a friend of mine who I trust to take my place on the Ron school board. Wade. Ron Wade is his name. Yes. Get he's behind gonna, he's, people he's, that he's you gonna support. He's going to eventually be able to come on the program with you and talk about oh, what he wants to I'd do. I'd love to have I him I really on. trust him. And so I'm supporting him hundred percent.
1: Awesome. Thank you all for listening. Get behind your candidates, fund them, shout their names from the rooftops. Thanks again for tuning in. And thanks, Terry. Thanks for
0: being you a bet. part of the Michelle Tanner podcast. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share. And always remember to keep exposing truth. But I won't back down. No, I won't back down.